It's time for the 8 Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinosa on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. It's a lock. I hit the 7 iron like John Daly hits the 3. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken yeah. dinner! Jerome Espinosa is a Class A PGA professional and director of instruction at 8 Greatest Performance Center. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! We will talk all things New Mexico golf, hear from voices all around the world of golf, and even give some swing tips to improve your game. All you got to do is just tap it in. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, tap a Now, Get playing golf here's PGA Pro Jerome Espinoza. Good morning, I'm Jerome Espinosa. Welcome to the 8 Grady's Golf Show on ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team. We'll be here till 11 a.m. today. And uh, I am joined. David is sick. He's out. He's dying with his broken foot. Everything else. So we have Everett Pretty, who's who was on last week. You were on before. You're becoming a fixture, Everett. We're we're getting in a good routine here. <laughs> kind of like it. It's good. Yeah. Uh, so welcome. Um, you know, we had a couple things this last week locally, anyways. And again, we're kind of winding down. It's uh, November, and you know, it's hit or miss, right? Like you can have seventy and perfect, or you can have. 40 and horrendous right now this time of year <clears throat> so yeah we're we're you know in between golf season then you know time changes so now it gets dark at like four o'clock which is the worst right you have to start <laughs> playing at noon just to try to get in 15 holes yeah i was gonna say yeah. that you might not get it in you're right well then this time of year too like the second you get to like 30 minutes before sunset it's mm-hmm. the worst like it's goes from good to freezing and you're like this is no fun. I remember a couple of years ago, we were out at Sandia and we probably had 20 minutes of daylight and I felt, it felt like 20 degrees temperature change. <laughs> I thought I did not wear enough clothes. The wind was howling. Those were probably the worst three holes of golf I've ever played. <laughs> You're like, at this point, just get me in. Like, yeah, we're, um, we're just getting home at this point. So it's funny you say that we had a playing session last week. Was it last week? Yeah, last week with some students of mine at Sandia mm-hmm. and it's, I mean, dude, it's miserable. Like, it is just terrible, but they have to get it in. And one of my high school kids comes and I go, do you have enough clothes on? Like, (laughs) it's, I am in beanie, I have wind pants, I have, you know, two layers, Mm -hmm. and she rolls in with no beanie, and by whole nine, it was like that. I'm like, she puts it, she's like, okay, coach. And I'm like, all right, see ya. And she takes off, like, gone. Right. it was terrible yeah no we were at black mesa yesterday we had a volunteer kind of appreciation day took the guys and the gang out to black mesa and it was 65 and great all day now it's 40 degrees and blowing 50 out of the north today oh it's terrible um you know as part of the stuff that we cover we cover the sun country section which again we always define as new mexico and el paso and so we have um we had our last tournament for the PGA section this mm-hmm. last week or this week earlier in the week. Um, the senior junior at down at Lone Star in El Paso, um, good little public track. You know, it's actually I refer to it as Los Altos South. Mm-hmm. It's like the same kind of thing, same layout. Yeah, pretty I've much. been it's down there. Yeah, super super flat. The greens are half the size of Los Altos, but yeah, it's the same thing. Like every putt is straight, mm-hmm. but you can't believe it. Um, it's always a fun time out there for the senior junior and Luis Delgadillo. I'm sorry, not Luis Javier. Javier. Gosh, I get Luis is playing. He's playing pretty good golf too. He was my yeah. partner, so he didn't win it. 
Javier and Matt Sheehan at a Red Hawk in Las Cruces win it. They make a comeback, but it's always a fun event because it's like, you know, that's, we play 36 and mm -hmm. it's, you know, nine holes of scramble, nine holes of Vegas scramble. Then the next day is best ball. The tough, where, it, where you could fall apart is alternate shot. That's where it gets right. dicey. Like, I don't know if you played alternate shot before. I have. Like, it, if you have a good partner, you sit there and think, all right, you're setting me up for a great shot in the middle of the fairway, <laughs> but we're about to be behind a tree on an approach shot. So just get ready. Well, here's what I always tell people is like, you can't like in team golf, you can't really care. Mm -hmm. Like I can't have feelings, even though you do like internally, you do anyway. You're like. Oh my gosh! If I miss this putt, like right. you, you feel bad for them. Like yeah. where at least if at least for me, when it's myself, I'm like I don't care if I put myself behind a tree or whatever. Like I did it, I got to deal with it. But mm -hmm. now I feel bad. I'm like, like our, <laughs> our our second our second hole of the part on alternate shot. He hits me perfect in the fairway, like perfect, freaking no issues. Mm -hmm. And what do I do? Pull hook it left, almost out of bounds, and I'm like. Oh my god. He's under a tree in a bush. <laughs> mm -hmm. We we thought about doing alternate shot up at Black Mesa and then I started thinking, you know, I can't hit driver off the tee. Whoever's <laughs> paired up with me is going to have a great day of me hitting a four iron just low draw off the tee. And it it worked out okay, but it, it was just like, "Whoa, these par 5s, they ate me up." Well, especially Black Mesa, like you barely miss it out there and you are in the gunch. If you feel like your game is in a good spot, Give me a call, and I will get you set up for Black Mesa so you can get humbled real quick. Those fairways are phenomenal. Number one, it's in great shape. Number two, it's a hard golf course. Yeah, that golf course is – there's there's a couple in the state that are – I always think um, – oh, my gosh, Riadoso Rainmakers. I yep. think that one, in my opinion, is like, you know, probably one of the most difficult. Obviously, Paco is mm -hmm. always super difficult. Black Mesa is really difficult. Mm -hmm. Um Unless, I mean, you can take irons off tees, like, I guess. If, if you want, yeah. I, I don't have the patience for that. If you want to go four iron, <laughs> four iron into 90% of the par fours, have a day. But, you know. uh, well, then, I obviously, if the wind kicks up. but Yeah. Um, so, the Sun Country PGA is officially done. I don't know. Um, I saw this, too. So, Tom Yost, who's now our section president, mm -hmm. um, won a national award. Yeah, he this won week. player development for a national category. Dude, that's a big deal. Like it's huge. A national award. You're yeah. going against every golf professional in the country. I don't I don't have the facts on this, mm -hmm. but there hasn't been very many national award winners. There was a guy, Jason Epstein out of Los Campanas one year, won it for merchandiser mm -hmm. of the year. Um Eschen Brenner, uh, he's won, you know, Guy Wimberly has mm -hmm. won some of these things. Um, so to be on that list, to win a national award for the PJ of America is huge. So Tom Yost, dude, congrats. You're freaking amazing. I would, maybe Pat Gavin has to. I mean, Pat's a legend. He has in the, to. And some PGN, I guess it would be the player development award. We, we might have to do some more research on that. But first tee in four corners areas doing phenomenal things if your fearless leaders just won a national award. So Congrats, Tom. Keep up the good work. Yeah, that's, I mean, like I said, that's that's a really big deal, and it's very difficult to win that because you're right. going against some, I mean, the competition is ridiculous around the country when you start to look at it. And I don't care what it is, if it's merchandiser, if it's teacher, if it's, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, anything. And obviously, they have to be PGA members, so you're not going against Butch Harmon. He's not a PGA member, but right. 
yeah, I mean, it's it's good good on you, Tom, and yeah. you know whoever else has won that award. We've botched some of you. Then let us know. We'll, yeah, we'll fix it. Yeah, give um, us a shout. But good good job. Um, live golf, dude. David's not here. He's oh, not here to hate gosh. on it. So we're gonna love the live golf. But I don't. Did you? Do you watch it? Have I you watched. Seen any of it? So we a couple of years ago, I guess it was last year, we had an event at Pumpkin Ridge. Oh, that's right. I, that's the only one I watched. So and it was yeah, it was kind of cool to see them use kind of your exact. Dude, I'll setup. tell you what though, the like the so I I think Pumpkin Ridge was the first one. I think it was the first it was one the in the first U.S. One. Yeah. So I watched that one, mm-hmm. and then to what it's grown to, dude, it's changed. Like in the quick, I don't know, seven or I don't know how however mm-hmm. many months they've been alive, but that thing has changed considerably. Like it went from I was like, oh my gosh, this is some rough. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know about this. To I was like, this is freaking good golf. Well, think about the players they've signed in this True. seven month span. You, you start attracting good players that see the value and the benefit of not being on the road 30 out of the 32 weeks in a year, you're going to start attracting big names, but we'll see what happens with them next year. And you know, playing devil's advocate here, it's made the PGA Tour change from you, top to bottom. So Yeah, massive. Congrats, I guess, if you want to say congrats to a, a competition. Well, and so I know, I mean, obviously these guys are getting paid, and I don't know, I never saw... It's probably easy to find, but mm-hmm. Pat Perez ended up with like a phenomenal year. So I don't know if you saw it was like the team championships right. this last week. Um, the four aces, who is I mean, the team's really good. They got Patrick Reed, they mm-hmm. got Dustin Johnson, Pat Perez, and Taylor Gooch. I think mm-hmm. he was the other one. That's a four man team, and they kind of went through a bracket. And I didn't I didn't catch any of it. Um, but I saw the four aces is ended up winning the team, which was worth sixteen million to the winning team. So four million mm-hmm. apiece to those dudes. Has Pat Perez won his PGA Tour earnings? I don't think are anywhere close oh, to dude, four million. Well, I mean, I read it last week. Dustin Johnson. Yeah, Dustin Johnson. So I I have it right here in front of me. It's like thirty two million. This live season. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine events, no, eight, nine events, whatever it was, thirty-five million, six hundred and thirty-seven thousand in this live season. That's what Dustin Johnson made. Trying to do some quick math in my head, dude. That's... Pat Perez alone, because I'm if you, I just look at the team, Pat Perez made, I don't know, seven million on the team. Yeah, it's just, it's phenomenal. I don't. <laughs> there's no other way to describe it. You know. Whatever side you support, it, it's your own opinion. But these guys are making serious money. Pat Perez dude, didn't play well at all, I and still won seven million. To be honest, I think he p- played good in. Uh, from what I saw, mm-hmm. I, I think maybe he had you know four decent rounds. I think he played okay in the team like championship that right. came up, but he was the team championship was kind of weird. It was like two individual matches. Okay. Wait, two individual matches and then a team match. So okay, two guys played individual matches and then the last two were in a team against the other two. And I think he played okay, but he was part of the team. But when you have Dustin Johnson and Patrick Reed going one two, yeah, like I mean, but yeah, the the amount of money 
It's crazy. It's disgusting. It, like it, it's disgusting is the right way to put it. And yeah. I don't know. I I mean, is the argument do they deserve it? You know, David argues that they don't or whatever right. and you, whatever. You argue whatever you need to be, but I mean, they're making professional money now. I don't which know. Which is holy cow. I think the big tell is going to be okay, they survived year 1. Can they survive years 2 and 3? The stuff I've seen is that maybe their viewership is going down, but who knows? Is it have we gotten past that the new has worn off phase with this tour of yeah. maybe people aren't as interested? So we'll see what happens in year two and three. It seems very so I'll I'll equate it to like country clubs. Yes. Like the tour is that super uppity country mm-hmm. club that you're terrified to walk on and they're gonna tell you you don't have, you know, a collared shirt. Right. Don't take your shoes off in the parking lot, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Live is like kind of like a municipal like part. I mean, they have concerts. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's very fan friendly. Like it's you know, it seems louder. I know they call it like golf, but loud. Right. It seems louder. I think it's bring on. Um, I think it's brought on just a different different fans. Absolutely. Well, to be think honest. of this. Think of the shift from golf from just the past you know ten years alone. We've gotten kind of away from that. You know, golf is super exclusive, country club, um, costs a lot of money type of thing. Golf is, you know, kind of more affordable now. And Liv is kind of saying, yeah, we want that fan to pay. I don't even know what their ticket prices are, but I know they're pretty affordable to just come out and walk around, see. I mean, Pumpkin Ridge is a great facility, but they're not going to well-known facilities other than where were they just at in Miami? They were at Trump's place. <laughs> of course they were. Yeah. That, I think yeah. it was like Doral or I don't know. I can't remember where they were. But it's it's like they're not going to, you know, TPC Scottsdale or yep. you know, Pinehurst, these well known facilities. They're kind of going off the beaten path to see if it works. Well, and it's kind of working. Someone said I thought that they just signed Valderrama. Really? Yeah. For one of their next year events. So I mean, I think at first everyone is like touch and go, and uh, I don't know how to treat it. Mm-hmm. I can tell you this: I did hear from some background info because mm-hmm. I asked, like, "What are the tour trucks going to do?" I can tell you this: they said, "Well, the tour trucks are built for live next year." Like, so it, where everyone was like shift. super scared mm-hmm. to like go out there, I think they're going to start going out there. Like, I mean, you got to have a tour truck. You got to have something. Those guys are all because you. But it's I don't know I, year two year two and three I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my word on that year two and three will be the telltale the tall tale for all I, that you know I think I just heard it just the other day that uh, Tiger and Rory got like some dream team together of investors I think they added like Serena Williams they added um, Justin Timberlake like yeah. I guess they got some some big celebrity investor uh-huh. I don't know what that means I mean. Like we've said this a million times on here is you're not going to compete with Saudi money. Like no. you're, I don't give a junk who you have. Right. I mean, you can't, you can't have that, you know, yeah. pissing contest. Yeah. Not we're, with we're those gonna, guys. Yeah. We're going to lose that 10 out of 10 times, but Hey, again, competition's good. We, we thrive on it. PJ tour is better because of it right now. So 
I don't want to. I don't want to give them too much credit, but hey, they're they're causing a shift that PGA Tour didn't have to do before this. So. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, and I've said this before, but I think it's there's not a better time to be in professional golf. Yep. Like as a player, mm-hmm. you know, they did force the tour to change Q school some stuff. They forced them to do payouts. Mm-hmm. They've so they've they've twisted the arm. They have, and we got you know, anytime you know, live gets brought up. It's always in the back of our mind. And when we had Q school out here a couple of weeks ago, we asked the officials and the corn Ferry tour staff, and they were kind of under the same pulse as us of, Hey, things are changing. A lot of things are happening for the good. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, again, it's not, it's like you said, it's that competition mm-hmm. thing, dude, I'll just tell you this. What caddies like, I mean, Dustin Johnson's caddy. Yeah. 35 million. Ten percent of that is ten percent. <laughs> like, are you serious? Yeah. You've changed the caddy's life. Exactly. You're I not mean, riding on. I guess it's Dustin, and you know that yeah. would be arguable. But Pat Perez's caddy. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? I don't know. Well, again, year two and, and three. I heard. I don't know. Of course, I'm not out there. I have mm-hmm. no idea. There's no ears on the ground. But I heard that Liv covered the caddy expenses. So Pat Perez nets whatever million. Mm-hmm. You know. Seven eight, and it all goes into his pocket. Besides taxes, like now right. it's important where those guys live, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna see a lot. I'm of going home to front. Texas, yeah, and Florida. Texas, Idaho. I, uh, all these no income tax states are about to get real popular. Yeah, well, and I, yeah, I guess I, you know, that's I think they pay taxes in the state they play the tournament in. Yeah, they, it's so they kind of like to, per, it's kind of like professional athletes. If you live in Dallas, you might make a little bit more. If you play for, you know, just spitting off random names, if you play for the Warriors, your contract's probably a little bit bigger, but more of it's going. Yeah, because half obviously. of your basically the way it works, right? Is like mm-hmm. their home games they're taxed in that state. Mm-hmm. All the other taxes they're taxed wherever they play across the country. That's why those guys yep. love the Texases and the Floridas and the Arizonas. Yep. Because their contract's worth more right off the top because half of their games are played in that state, so they're not paying that income tax. Right. So live golfers we'll are, see. you know, are, yeah. that's why they're not, well, Phil, he lives in California. Good right. Phil. Um, yeah. So, all right. We got to take a quick break. I'm Jerome Espinosa, Director of Instruction. If you're interested in the game of golf, please email me at gespinosa at 8gradies.com. This is the 8 Gradies Golf Show on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Let's get back to the 8 Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinoza on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Welcome back to the 8 Greatest Golf Show on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. I'm Director of Instruction at 8 Greatest Golf, and you'll hear myself talking. New Mexico Golf Saturdays 10 to 11. Again, we're back with Everett Pretty from the Sun Country Amateur Golf Association. And, uh, you know, in the third segment, Everett, we'll talk about the the expanse of your job because it's pretty big people think oh he just runs tournaments but it's a lot more than that so now we can leave it it just runs (laughs) tournaments we don't have to go into the nitty-gritty things (laughs) that's great um but going on this week and into next week um is you know obviously it's kind of a it's a a local thing but noda noda has his junior golf uh national championship going on right now in at um in Kinder, Louisiana, it's it's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. It's in Kinder, Louisiana. It's at the Casati Pines Golf Course. 
on the Cachada Casino and Resort. It's very similar. Like the way I'll say it is it's very similar to Sandia, like the setup. Okay. Um, so it's got a huge casino. Um, it's got a big casino. So picture, obviously, Sandia, the casino. And then it's got two huge hotels on either end. Right. Um, that are connected to that casino. They have a golf course out there. Kinder's not easy to get to. We're in, we're in Louisiana. So you got to fly. If you're flying, you got to fly into Lake Charles, okay, Louisiana, and then it's 40 minutes in. Um, you know, not a bad drive, whatever. Yeah. A lot of people that I talked to that were going to the national championship this year from New Mexico or from Sun Country, I guess I should say, some of them were flying to Houston and then going to okay. make the three-hour drive because rental cars, like Lake Charles. Mm-hmm. So I flew in the first year and was freaked out. I'm like, holy crap, dude. Like I flew in at night, so I didn't get to see. But when I left, the the ho- the airport is mm-hmm. tiny. Really? Smaller than Sunport? Oh, dude, yeah. it's a third. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. I think when it hit me is when the, per- you know, how you kind of go through security and right. they check you in. Mm-hmm. Like that person gate checked me. So I was like. Wait, I just saw this person in security. Now they're gate checking me. Like it's wow. It's super tiny. Okay. It's super, super tiny. Um it's a great place, but the they actually separated this year as um you know, like I run Noda the junior tour, mm-hmm. the N B three junior golf tour here locally. Um qualifies, all these qualifiers go to the national championship. So um Quinn Yost won it last year for the mm-hmm. boys. And this year, they actually separated the girls' tournament from the boys' tournament so they could, um, you know, have more people. So awesome. I think the girls have 139 participants uh, this week. The boys start next week. Um, and, you know, some of our locals that are in it is Alexis Reyes. Okay. She's out of El Paso. Eleanor Warden, who is, I believe, Las Cruces. I believe um, so. I, I believe she plays out of Las Cruces. Uh, Kali Award, who was an academy golfer. I think she mm-hmm. no longer goes to academy. And then, oh, Riley Salome, who you've talked about. She's out of Belen. Mm-hmm. She's out there. So those four girls are out there competing in their respective age groups um, this week. Well, those are, I mean, those four names right there, <laughs> they're just like, my goodness. They're, they can compete with the best. So good luck to them as well. Well, the good thing, too, that I think is really exciting, and I, I'm speaking for Noda a little bit, but is those kids are now going to be seeing on a national right on a national scene, mm-hmm. right? Like that's his whole goal was to get, you know, kids and New Mexico kids, especially like seen and mm-hmm. recruited and <clears throat> their names out there because they're playing against some of the best, like really in the world. They had a yeah. qualifier in Thailand. So it's, it's baffling. It's worldly. Yeah. I know Hawaii, Noda told me the other day, is trying to get them to go get, have qualifiers in Hawaii. You know, I, I don't know. I know, you know, getting into Mexico and having qualifiers there is a little tough. Right. But that's also a goal. So it's it is it's a world championship mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, I was watching some of that. They have like a long drive and a putting contest. And the long drive, dude, some of those girls. There's a little girl. She was there last year when I was there, and she mm-hmm. repeated this year. She's won the long drive. They said her age group is like 12 to 13. Mm-hmm. Dude, this kid, she hit it 290. I can't even hit it 290. She bombs it. Well? I don't know if it was legit 290. I'll just say that. Yeah. 
because you could it's on Trackman. Uh-huh. So on Trackman, I don't know if any people are super familiar with it, but there's a thing called optimizer. So if you okay. hit optimize, it like kind of like juices the numbers. Um but if you hit normalize, uh-huh. it's normal numbers. Okay. So in my opinion, I think they hit optimize and they give them these inflated numbers. Now, don't get me wrong, the kid rips it. Like right. I watched her play, she rips it. And when you say they inflate it, like are we talking 15 yards? What is it? Is it a chunk or we... I think it's a lot more because okay. like example, for example, and the way I equate it is I watched her hit or watched these kids last year mm-hmm. hit when I was there last year. Then they're hitting it, and I'm like, what? You just said this kid hit it 340. And then I watch him <laughs> play on the golf course. Right. And what they have into greens, I'm like, that's not like a 340-yard drive. Right. Because, like, there's no way. So okay. that's why I say, like, I think it's juiced pretty good. And, you know, it's like this big old thing, like, wow, the long drive. Right. And they're all fired up about it. But don't get me wrong, the girl rips it. Like, this little girl hammers it. Well, even even watching the drive, chip, and putt, the national broadcast at Augusta, you're sitting there thinking, and I don't know if it's just me because I'm a 10 handicap, I start slowing the kids' swing down to think, I can't get in that position, and I'm 10 years older than that kid. Or (laughs) watching these kids putt or even the short game, it's incredible what these kids are able to do at you know 12 to 15 years old. It's phenomenal to watch. And then you have kids like Riley Quinn and – Aiden that just pound the ball and can again compete with the best players in the world in their age divisions. Yeah, it'll be. I'm I'm pretty pumped to see kind of I call them our kids, mm-hmm. Sun Country kids, and see how they compete. The boys, I'm not sure who's out there for the boys. Oh, um, I know Jake Urini's out there. Okay, he qualified, um, and I saw him post something that he's out there at the practice rounds. And then there's some kids from the NB3 Foundation okay. that are going out there. A kid named Skyler Woods from Kirtland Central. Another kid named Zachary Blue Eyes, I think, is uh-huh. qualified. So, yeah, there's some kids, you know, from here that'll get a chance. So it's kind of exciting to see those kids. Yeah, Jake's oh, an, Jake's uh, an awesome kid, Witten. too. I think Thomas Witten may have qualified. Thomas Witten. He's, he's a Sandia kid. It, okay. You know, from, from that whole group. But, right. Um, it, it's cool to watch. It will li- it, It's not live on the Golf Channel, but right. it airs on the Golf Channel. And uh, watch the scores. It's yeah. crazy to see what those kids can shoot. Right. You, you. I mean, I think the little kid, the younger kid last year, the little boy shot like fifteen under for three days, which is. Uh, yeah, we just we need to quit talking about junior golf and how good they are because it makes me feel bad about my own game. <laughs> That these kids are that good, and well, you're not competing against them. Well, so you know, there you go. Yeah. This, I'll tell you what. The one thing that I always love to see junior golf and watch, like when mm-hmm. I'm running the tournaments, or you know that sort of thing, because that's when you're really paying attention to them. Is mm-hmm. dude, they don't, they're not afraid. Like those no. kids are legit. Like some of the shots they hit, I'm like, dude, I didn't even like mm-hmm. that. Didn't even enter my brain to envision that shot. They're so creative. It was, I can't think of the, oh, the Menzam down at Painted Dunes in El Paso. Painted Dunes, it's a tricky course. You've got to take on some blonde tee shots and some lines. And uh, there we had a kid, I think he's a sophomore in high school. I can't remember his name. But he took it directly over out of bounds and said, oh, I know what I can carry it. He had that much confidence (laughs) 
off the tee, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm trying to peel something in there to stay safe, and he's just taking it on. I think he ended up shooting eight under for the day. Goodness it's gracious. Like, I, you can't set it up any harder for these kids. It must have had to be 17. That's a weird hole where you can it hit was. it over the junk. And and the like, yeah. I think the most impressive part for me when I watch those kids is like their short game and mm-hmm. some of the shots that I'm like, oh, good night. It's crazy. Like, did you just do that? Like, I, you know. <clears throat> well, and I think I talk about this when I teach all my people. is like mm-hmm. expectations in general. I think people have crazy well you see it on tv right yeah. like some of the shots these guys hit and then like joe schmo right thinks that well i should be able to hit some of these shots it's mm-hmm. like no you cannot hit some of these shots right so lower your expectations yeah the you know these kids they're putting in the hours they're putting in the time to where they're able to develop a lot of confidence to get you know if they're short-sighted 15, 20 yards, they're pretty confident to get it up and down pretty easily. And, you know, I, I don't speak for every hand, every 10 handicap, but, you know, we don't have that level of confidence to where if we're short-sighted, we're trying to figure out just to get up and down for double at that point. So these kids are crazy good, and they're they're going to get better. I think As part technology of, like, gets the kids, too. too, is, like, when you get older, mm-hmm. you, like – you weigh, right, like the consequences of like, right. okay, if I try this, and then all this stuff starts going in your head, like if I blade it, I could break that window in that yep. house. And then if I fat it, I could be right here. Then people are going to look at me. Like kids, they don't give a rip. Yeah. They don't think about consequences. Like I have three, I know. Yeah. <laughs> think about <laughs> right. consequences all the time. Right. And I'm like, that's why. Because yeah. they're just like, I'm going to try and hit this shot, hit this master flop mm-hmm. that goes 30 feet in the air. And let's see what happens. They don't think about the blade. No. <laughs> if you go, if you go watch, you know, go to any of these municipal golf courses here in town where these high school kids practice, they'll work on their fundamentals for, you know, five, ten minutes, you know, getting just getting loose. And then they're hitting, you know, massive flops with a four iron on the putting green. And you're thinking, if I tried to do that, I would kill somebody. <laughs> you're, you see, you're already thinking about the consequences, and those kids are pulling the club out, they're already going. So they're fearless, man, and Cachada is no joke. That 18th hole is its a beast. Just yeah. looking at the pictures of it and the flyover that Noda and his team did, that, that hole is terrifying. Well, it's – and so and I don't know. I think we've talked about this many, many months ago, mm-hmm. but Quinn last year to win it was tied. So he had a big lead. The guy chases him down, catches him, and Quinn's on that hole. And that hole's weird because, mm-hmm. like, the fairway – the fairway you could land, you know, the biggest plane in America on it, uh-huh. but it has like a hump at like 200 yards. So if you hit it too hard and it goes down that hump, okay, you could bring the water into play. Like you can hit it into the water off the tee. So you have to hit like, like a wood, like a three wood uh-huh. or a hybrid. But then again, it's weird if you hit that and don't hit it, you have 260 over the water. Right. So you, it kind of gives you that. So Quinn took a three wood last year and topped it. Like, topped it and hit it, like, Mm -hmm. 100 yards. Like, there was water in front of him that he barely cleared. Because I talked to Tom, Mm -hmm. and Tom was like, I I was like, get over the water. The first water in front of him. So then he has, like, 260 over the green, to the the green, Mm -hmm. and he hits the three-wood. He hits it again (laughs) and gets over and lands on the green and two putts for the win. And I'm just like, dude. Yeah. 
like because you're right that that freaking that hole is and it's weird like it's not super easy so you mm-hmm. hit it to that island mm-hmm. if you're and the again it's a downhill so you could have a funky lie right like are you confident enough on that funky lie to f- and you got to hit it mm-hmm. i think the carry's like 190 to get to land again mm-hmm. you got to hit it 190 off a weird lie right but then the split fairway those split fairways and there's water right in the middle so it's not I mean, and you know, again, David and I have talked about this a bunch of times. Tournament golf is way different. Like, oh yeah, slap and giggle golf. Like, yeah, just hit it, get another ball, doesn't matter. But yeah. these kids are playing for like a huge. So even laying up is weird. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good. It's actually a good finishing hole to be honest. Absolutely for, for like tournament golf, it creates a little bit of drama. Yeah, as a as a tournament director, you're sitting there watching. You're thinking, how do you want this? <laughs> how do you want this hole to play on certain days? You're moving the tee boxes around to say, man, I want to bring that water into play to either cause a shift in the leaderboard or solidify somebody's position one, two, or three. It, it, it's a great finishing hole when you can set it up a thousand different ways. Well, and it's interesting, right? Like the boys, the older boys. So I'll say the. I don't know, 14 to 18 boys, Mm -hmm. you know, they're for the most part going to have iron in their hand. Right. But when you talk about the, the girls have the same carry, like Mm -hmm. they might hit driver down to the bottom or whatever, but it's the same carry. And I mean, some of those girls have three woods Mm -hmm. or hybrids to fly that water. And it it was interesting to watch. I'm sure. Yeah good to watch those kids and yeah. see like okay let's see what they do how do they how do they manage this yeah <clears throat> um some some of them do lay up but that i can tell you there's not a ton of them and again you know the water's 190 mm-hmm. if you hit it 290 and fly it to the back of the hill mm-hmm. you're okay because the hill kind of goes up okay <clears throat> so it's not super super crazy but you still got to hit a good shot yeah and so it's 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 interesting to watch. You'll see. Uh, they flip the nines over there because the 18th, the real 18th mm-hmm. hole doesn't have that kind of drama. The real right. 18th hole is a little bit more difficult. You got to like, you can't reach it in two. Even so, I watched that young girl that bombs it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I think this girl can reach it. No chance. Yeah. So it's, <clears throat> you know, it's a good golf course. It's Bermuda. So it's a lot different. Mm-hmm. And it's just, um, it, it's it's a good time. So you know, watch those kids. The girls are going right now. The boys go next week. Um, you know, R one. We've talked about them. They do a really good job of sponsoring. So they're one right. of the national sponsors. You know, Mike Taylor and his team, Mike and Jessica. So thank you guys. Um, so yeah, go take a look. Even follow the leaderboard. Check out some of the the locals to see how they're doing. Cheer them on or whatever the case may be. They're all over social media, so yeah. like you can catch a ton of it on social media. Um, all right, we got to take a quick break. I'm Jerome Espinosa, Director of Instruction at 8Grady's Golf. If you'd like to inquire about club repair fittings, email me, gespinosa at 8gradies.com. This is the 8Grady's Golf Show on ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team. Let's get back to the 8 Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinoza on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Hi, I'm Jerome Espinoza. Welcome back to the 8 Greatest Golf Show on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. I am Director of Instruction at 8 Greatest Golf. 
You'll hear me talking to Mexico Golf Saturdays 10 to 11 a.m. And we got a guest, um, Mr. Esteban Lucero from the 8 Grady's Performance Center. Stev, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hey, good to hear from you, Jerome. You know what, Stev? You're just such good radio. We just can't stay away from you, dude. <laughs> well, I don't blame you. I, don't, I, got, I have a great radio face in the first place. So. I was going to say that, a face for radio. So yeah, we'll keep it at that. Yeah, not TV, but I can do this. We won't, we won't tell Nikaila, your wife, you know, we'll, we'll keep you on radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Stev, give us maybe some quick updates of what's going on at the Performance Center. I know you guys are in the middle of Fall Into Fitness Challenge. You just oh, man. finished like, yeah. Squat-tober, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, no, there's a lot going on. It's always, we always got something, something turning in the pot. So, um, yeah, Fall Into Fitness Challenge is going great, so we got a a whole host of uh, adult fitness type clients um, and they're working through a six week long program. We started this uh, probably mid December or mid October. And uh, really it was a jumpstart program for, you know, anyone and everyone who just needs a jumping off point to, uh, to get back into it. I know a lot of people really struggle with summer and then getting kids back into school and a whole variety of things, you know, and our, our job is to meet people where they're at. You know, it's, it's supposed to be something where, there's a low barrier to entry, and we want to make sure everybody feels comfortable and has a, a quality experience with good coaches, you know, and I think that what what people struggle with a lot of times is, you know, the anxiety of coming back to the gym and not knowing where to start or how to start and even being kind of turned off the gym culture versus with this, it's been great. You know, our coaches interact with these people on a daily basis. We have a little private Facebook group. Um, you know, we want to make them feel supported, and we're already seeing some pretty big returns, so. Well, you That's know, a big time, man. It's interesting you said that because I was talking to my mom kind of about that at one point about the gym. And she's like, yeah, I just don't like going to the gym. It scares me because, like, I don't know, like, how to some of the machines scare me or, like, you know, even where simple things like where you yeah. in. It's a lot like golf. Like, it's pretty intimidating to start. And you're like, you see, you know, all these people that are look super fit. And you're like, dude, I don't look like that. Like. You know, so that's that's a huge part of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know what? Every now and then I'll sneak into a commercial gym to use a sauna or something like that. And uh, <laughs> I um, I see that, you know, the fitness culture and the gym culture sometimes, and they're kind of two, to me, they're, they're two types of people. They're those people who are, uh, yeah, I guess the embodiment of of that gym ego type lifting that, that really kind of <laughs> scoff at people who are just getting into it. You know, they look at themselves in the mirror a lot and they uh, don't like to be bothered when they're working out and whatever else. But, and then there's another type of people or type of person who's walking in and they know they need to be there. And my heart goes out to them because they show up and they're meek and sometimes they're anxious. They can't even decide what they want to wear. And, uh, you know, it gets to be really divisive and, and I want to overcome that. You know, my job is to make sure that everybody lives a happy, safe life in, in the best way that they can. You know, and uh, part of going to the gym is, is leaving with some confidence, not going in the other direction. So we're trying to we're we're trying to dispel some of that, and uh, you know, hopefully start a, a new path for some of these people or, or continue their journey where they're at. Well, yeah, and you and I have talked about some of this stuff as like, dude, just a simple thing like start walking, like or yeah, oh, yeah. It's, there's you can always you can always start somewhere, and that's why you know I, I think that's that's highly important. Good good on you guys for you know, starting some of these challenges to maybe kind of let people dip their toe in the pool, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we're going to be offering and offering another one here in December. We haven't kicked it off yet, but you guys heard it here first. We're, we're going to do the 12 days of lift and uh, it's going to start beginning in December. So keep your eye out 
it'll be 12 days long. Just, you know, you get the play on where it's 12 days lifness, hot, get it. Um, <laughs> and uh, 12 days long, and you're going to have a workout to do every single day, either at the facility or kind of at your convenience. Uh, now that because it's the 12 days of lifness and, lifness and it's a, a little bit shorter condensed timeline, they're going to be a little bit more grueling, a little bit more strenuous, you know, but for people who want to make sure that they're fit for the holidays and getting to work in now, um, it'll be a great opportunity for them to have a good time. And uh, we'll even put together a little bit of an advent calendar uh, where people, once they complete the challenge of the day, they'll be able to get something from us, you know, things like stickers, water bottles, you name it. So it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's dude. That's awesome. That's cool. I, I love yeah. these kind of programs, and I think again, it's just dip, letting people dip their toe in the water, kind of figure it out. Like, yes, you don't have to be Mister Olympia to step into the gym, right? Like, yeah. let's get started. Let's just exactly. get started. That's like the the key is, yeah. is get started. Yeah, yeah, one foot in front of the other. Um, well, you had asked about the other things we have going on. Uh, I, I just probably skip ahead to December, but man. Uh, the more, um, the more present feature, closer, closer, uh, on a closer timeline, we're going to have a couple of things going on. We have our, um, red versus green software showcases. Um, we're having the volleyball one take place here, um, on November 18th. And what that is, is a huge data collecting event, um, where we're going to invite college coaches and, uh, we're going to have a couple of skills trainers to come by and view athletes who have been nominated as all state athletes. Um, you know, for the state of New Mexico, right? The volleyball season's coming to a close. And so, you know, any classification, you know, really any grade level other than, uh, I would say probably ninth grade and up, you can enter in this thing. You just visit the website. And, uh, you know, even if you don't make the showcase or the actual red versus green games, you can participate in these combines and you can get your data and your metrics collected and you can use them as a, use them as a recruiting tool to send off to college and put them as part, part of your portfolio. So, that's coming up on the 18th, and then we're going to do one for football preceding the All-Star event um, on December 3rd. So mark your calendars. That'll be here before we know it. Yeah, and you guys, I mean, you know, I think, like you said, I think those parameters are important to have. I don't know, if, you know, measuring vertical leap and all that sort of stuff. I know it's, you know, in the recruiting world, it's like all about numbers and what you can do and stuff like that. And So I'm glad you guys, are you guys doing that for soccer too? We're not going to do it for soccer this year. We um we are going to host a couple of the um the actual um, practices for uh, the North I mean the Red versus Green soccer um, soccer games. But no, no, not this year. I think we're planning on doing one next year. Oh, okay. So football, volleyball, sign up for that uh, Red Green. You know, I guess challenge so to speak or the combine. Uh, red versus Green, yeah, showcase and combine. Yeah, that's good. Um, what what else is going on, Steph? Well, probably the last thing on the docket, or actually second to last thing, uh, we have a winter sports performance program getting started here on the 7th, and that's for middle school and high school athletes. Um, it's three days a week, um, and really this is designed for anybody who's coming out of their fall season and wants to already get a head start on, on next year, right, or whoever's getting ready for spring sports. You know, um, it's all the things that you want to see, bigger, faster, stronger, but also uh, special attention to, to injury reduction, stretching, flexibility, mobility, all that kind of stuff. It's all coach-led. Um, and then the athletes get tested, gauged, and they get to see exactly how much they improve. So we're just concluding the fall one, and we actually have a lot of those kids returning. So we um, have some limited availability for our winter sports performance programs. But um, you guys have until the 7th to sign up. You just hop on the website, and we can get you going. Um, and like I
like I said, it's two or three days a week. So, you know, whatever fits your budget, your schedule, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and it's a really, really great opportunity for coaches learning athletes to see, receive some pretty high-level coaching when it comes to strength conditioning. You know, we use the same models that we would use with any of our pro athletes. Um, you know, we got a couple walking around here. But, uh, you know, we want to make sure that these guys are college-ready, college-prepared, and, you know, they just walk into a weight room or they walk into onto a college football field or uh, volleyball court, you name it, and uh, coaches say, go ahead and jump, and they say, how high? So, yeah, that's, that's pretty exciting for us. We love doing that stuff. Yeah, that's – dude, the one for me is, like – and, of course, I have girls, so I'm always worried about, like, injury for them. But, like, you know, staying strong and reducing injury – um, it's always sad to see, especially again, I talk to these girls, but you know, they stop training cause they're in season and then bang, something happens. And it's like, well, dude, I haven't like, when does the last time I saw you, like you need to continue mm-hmm. your strength training. You can't just think that in season it stops and goes away. Like it's, I think for me, it's more injury reduction during season. Oh yeah. Oh, you're exactly right. You know, and, uh, that's something that we try to encourage is, you know, even if you're, even if you have to reduce the amount of total time you're spending in the weight room, right? Like your time spent in the weight room and training and doing all that stuff is going to be, going to be reduced just by necessity. You know, if you're playing an in-season sport, you know, volleyball, basketball, baseball, whatever, you know, but you still need to get it in because it's going to ensure that you continue to see progress and essentially you can dovetail progress from one off season into the next. You know, our whole philosophy is you're either you're getting better, you're getting worse, and there's no uh, maintenance phase. There's, you know, you're you're improving upon your natural ability, or you're not. And uh, we see all the time, and, and it's kind of a bummer, but athletes will get to the end of their season, while all the residual strength gains that they made in the off season have fallen away. And so, when they really, really need to be peaking, they really, really need to be on the top of their game, like state championship playoffs. They're actually playing at a deficit. They've actually gone the other way. They're not hitting the ball as far. Their coordination isn't as good. They're not as fast, you know, and we can prevent some of those things by, uh, you know, just keeping them in and, and really not doing too much. You would be so surprised with how little those athletes need when it comes to in-season training um, to still become productive and even better than they were. Yeah, and I tell you what, the, I think one of the, of course, there's a lot of impressive things, but the impressive thing is that you you really pay attention to that and say like, hey, here's what you need. I know it's not a ton, but here's what you need to, you know, stay and not drop off. Like that's, that's, that's always good to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and we want to make sure that these guys, um, like you said, stay on the field. I, I hate to see kids go down in a way that could have been prevented, you know, specifically things like non-contact injuries, you know, that's, that's stuff that's simple, um, you know, forces acting on the body that you can reduce simply by making sure that ligaments, tendons, muscles are all strong enough to handle um, the forces they're being subjected to. Um, so that, that, again, it's not foolproof, you know, and I, I tell people that all the time. It's not, we can't prevent every big one, right? But, um, you know, we can sure slow them down. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, shrink that percentage from whatever you always want to, if you can shrink that percentage from 30% to, you know, 15, like that's at least, at least help. So, um, yeah. How do people get in contact with you, Stev? What's uh, contact information for anything, for any of these challenges, training, you know, I guess a, even a visit. Come by and visit and talk to you and uh, check it out. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, you can reach us at the Performance Center at, at 288-7587, area code 505. And then um, we actually, you can just hop on the website. You're going to see some more information on this stuff. 
Um, if you have questions, you can just reach out. There's a way to book a free consult. And, um, you know, before I let you go, we do have one, uh, one, one charity event coming up and this is going to be for Thanksgiving. We're going to be running a turkey burn. It's going to be turkey Tabata, uh, the morning of Thanksgiving. So that way you can burn those calories before you go eat some more calories. Um, you know, here at the facility, it's going to be a pretty short workout, high intensity. Um, and when I say high intensity, I mean, you know, you're going to be constantly moving. Don't worry. We're not trying to make anybody puke or anything like that. <laughs> but, um, your access to the actual, um, you know, turkey burn is going to be one canned food item. And if you have more, that's even better. But that's welcome to any and all. Um, we're going to get ready to launch that page on the, um, on the website. So that'll be up in the next, I don't know, three or four days. And, uh, with that, you just need to sign up, fill out a waiver and then show up, um, the morning of Thanksgiving, 7 a.m., you know, bright and early and ready to go. Sweet. Well, thanks, Steph, for joining us. We always appreciate it and your expertise, but, you know, stop by and visit him. Um, that'll do it for today's show. There'll be a link for today's show at 8gradies.com. We'll be here again next Saturday, 10 to 11. Everett, thanks for joining me in studio. Appreciate you, dude. Thank you, buddy. Um, you know, we'll do it again. You're you're good. and You know, go check out Sun Country for 2023 Come here see us. the next yeah. couple months. Absolutely. Um, We'll see you next week, and uh, thanks for listening to us on ESPN Radio 101.7, The Team. Thank you for listening to the 8 Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinoza. Come back Saturday mornings at 10 for the latest stories and analysis from around the world of golf on ESPN Radio 101.7, The Team.